All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome. This is your host, Karen Kane, Coach Karen. How are you? Welcome to Sovereign Sobriety. You also may be watching on my life coaching Instagram, kind of broadcasting however, wherever I can. And, you know, I'm here today because I wasn't always this way. I was a full-time, semi-functional drunk. So if you're here, I believe there's no accidents, no coincidences. Something guided you here today to watch this. And I'm so grateful that you're here. You guys are my guinea pigs. Boom, boom. I was asked to speak tomorrow morning, early in the morning, at a, a Zoom online AA meeting. I think it's called Daily Reflections. So I'm the speaker tomorrow morning. And a speaker at an AA meeting, if you've never been to one, have no idea what it's like. First of all, um, nobody's going to bite you. And eventually, if you stick around, you'll probably make the most authentic, true friends that love you for who you are, don't play games, and are there for you under any and all circumstances. So... On that note, <laughs> when you're asked to speak at a, an AA meeting, you um, usually have a little time under your belt and you are asked to share what was it like, hi, what was it like, sorry, okay, just to give you a little lowdown and if you are, so I'm broadcasting right now in a couple different places. And you know what? For this particular uh, video and live, I I'd love to get feedback. I'd love to have questions, interactions. I think that that's important. And for this particular live, I think, you know, let's just go with this because, you know, I, I want to be able to share with people that, you know, because I know when I first was thinking about going to an AA meeting and I was thinking about getting sober, I was like terrified completely terrified. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and the first AA meeting I went to was actually pretty terrifying. <laughs> Only because it was in a church in the basement and it was like a candlelight meeting. And I went with my husband at the time um, who, you know, we weren't doing so well. You know, uh, I was a total drunk and um, life was becoming unmanageable, you know. Anyway, so back to um, so back to what you're there to talk about. You know, if you're asked to be a speaker at a speaker meeting. Um, oh, also by the way, I am recording a podcast, uh, Sovereign Sobriety, as as well. So I'm kind of like streaming this all over the place right now. Um, you can find the Sovereign Sobri Sobriety podcast on Spotify, Apple, and then all the other locations. Actually, something really cool while I have it on my mind, 
So tomorrow morning, I'm speaking at this meeting. I'm sure I could share the link if anybody was interested in joining, but it's 8 a.m. Eastern. Woo! Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have a, like, a lot of coffee before that so I can be my normal self that early in the morning. You know, I have a lot of energy, but that early in the morning? I don't know. Okay. So also tomorrow I was asked to record, do a really like five minute interview on podcast business news network. So that's pretty cool. So tomorrow morning I have like a lot of cool stuff going on. Anyway, so when you speak at a meeting, focus, I'm focusing. <laughs> when you speak at a meeting, you're asked to share what was it like, what happened and what is it like now? So what was it like? Well, I can tell you. I'm trying to I'm trying to like that. Okay. So, what was it like? Well, what was it like? <laughs> it was kind of hell. You know, um, growing up, I started drinking. Uh, well, actually, you know, I remember when I was pretty young, I would actually ask my dad if I could make his martinis because, first of all, I loved olives, and second of all. I was allowed to have a sip. And you know what? When I had that sip of a martini when I was young and you felt that like burning warm sensation inside of you, I guess in a weird way, I was like, whoa, what is this? And um, I really started drinking more on a regular basis when I was 15. And then it just never, it was almost every day for um, I got sober when I was 45. <laughs> so I'm not great at math, but figure that out. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of time drinking, spending my life drinking. Uh, I believe because of that, you know, I didn't go to college. I, I was just like a rebel. I just didn't want to fit in. I, um, I played in a band, my brother's band. And so I was basically put in situations that I was acting more adult-like than I actually was. I played in New York City, Baltimore, DC, Annapolis. Yeah, I mean, pretty wild. And I was young and I drank. Like, this is just what I did. And also I think to, uh, to play in those places and play in a band when I was young, 15, 16, whatever I was, uh, up until I was 21, actually, I, I would drink because it would like, it gives you that false confidence. And I'm definitely going to do a, a video or podcast on that false confidence and why, why it's easy to step into that and, and, you know, go out into the world. And it's funny because, um, it really, it really can alter things in such a way. I was dating someone and, you know, when we went, when we went out and they would have multiple drinks, I would see them. I mean, this was when I was sober. I would see them kind of like transforming and turning into like almost, you know, ego, false confidence. It was, I watched, it was like a mirror. I was watching who I was when I was drinking and I was dating this person, watching this in front of me. And I, I, I learned a lot, actually, as a matter of fact. It was pretty wild. I learned what I was like. <laughs> so what was what was it like? It just progressively got worse and worse and worse. And I got 
sicker and sicker and sicker and it was harder and harder to control and you know um you know maybe when you are young and you know you have a problem or you think you might have a problem and you start putting limitations like oh i'm just gonna have one glass of wine tonight or i'm just gonna have, you know two beers tonight and just keep track of that like how long can you do that for how long can you do that for because it for me i'm gonna share my experience right my experience was anytime i ever tried to limit or you know say i'm only gonna do this much i basically ended up just getting back to where i was and eventually got really bad um i had zero self-worth zero self-love you know i um i drank to get that confidence to mask the true me because i didn't really know who the true me was because i don't really think you do know unless you really really tap in and do the work so what is the work <laughs> work is healing work is facing your shit, man looking at your bullshit and who you hurt and you know make amends it's forgiveness first with yourself i love you i forgive you 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 know um and then it gets to you know we can wait do a lot more analyzing of things that patterns and where they came from but so that's you know, when you do the 12 steps, the 12 steps are, they're great. Like everybody should do the 12 steps. I took that to a next, to another level because I wanted to really help people because I knew where I was and it was hell. So what was it like? It was like I was in hell and I don't even believe in hell. Okay. But it was hell on earth. And I believe that is a real thing. It was my created hell on earth. I was depressed. I was anxious. I had high blood pressure. They, um, you know, it's like you have high blood pressure and you have anxiety and then they want to prescribe stuff to help you with that. But honestly, it's the alcohol that's causing that. And if you mix the, the anything that's going to help that with alcohol, then it's like a bad deal. So then I chose, okay, no, I don't want to take anything. I just want to drink. Like, I just want to drink. And I remember times when I was really depressed and, and you know, I thought my life was just, you know, horrible. And I actually really had, the only thing I had really that I wanted to live for was my son. Um, I was divorced when he was about, um, I, I never do math and numbers very very well but um my ex-husband does he he's and we're best friends now he does um he does dates and numbers and that kind of thing really well but he um what was my son like six maybe when we got divorced and now he's he's um 17 so um i actually just lost my train of thought when i was talking about that but oh the only reason why he was my wife so my son is my why. And um, what I did learn, so this is also not my first time radio. I had two other occasions of being sober for a while. One was about eight months and another time was almost a year. 
and um, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't plugging in. I was doing it for other reasons outside of for myself. And <laughs> ultimately, it just it just progressively got worse to the point where I would wake up and I would drink <sighs> before like coffee and stuff. It would be so I wouldn't feel sick, nauseous, or have the shakes. It was, um, you know, that was the point where, yeah, I would, I would be just be like a mess, running around like a crazy person, trying to get my son to school, like trying to get my shit together, doing my makeup in the car um, while I'm driving like far away to this job that was just killing me. Um, I would uh, had pure peppermint extract you know, to put on my tongue and, and to try to like mask any alcohol that was on my breath. And yeah, <laughs> it really got pretty bad. Um, the, the last relationship I had uh, when I was drinking, it was, um, uh, unemotional, unavailable, emotionally unavailable, um, relationship. Cause I was definitely emotionally unavailable pretty much. And so was he. So I was like, "Ooh, a match made in heaven. Not really. Um, it was horrible. <laughs> so um, I think it was more of a relationship out of convenience, really. Um, whew, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that I ever I had a real like grasp on relationships and were, you know, I did. I didn't know what like a real relationship was like or could be like. Although my husband, you know, he was he was a good guy. Um, as far as when we were younger, you know, but I think my alcoholism and everything just, just things got yucky. Um, so I'm not going to put poo poo that obviously, you know, things didn't work out cause we did get divorced, but, um, the next relationship definitely wasn't, wasn't good. I, you know, um, to go from one to the next to the next. So eventually actually, um, so what happened, <laughs> So let's move on to the what happened. So we said, what was it like? Well, it was hell on earth. And what happened? What happened? Well, you know, I relapsed two times. Um, I was watching my son. Um, I wasn't there for my son the way I needed to be there for my son. And basically he was um, becoming really just playing video games, stuck to his, in his room, never going out, not doing anything. And, um, you know, I, I was losing that connection with him. And plus, I was definitely killing myself. I was slowly killing myself. Um, there were definitely ups and downs, like really, really low times. And then, you know, kind of like, yeah, it was just like these waves of trying to navigate this drinking thing and, and kind of get through life. But um, it, it just, there is no way to navigate it because it just kept going back to the same thing and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And my life kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, um, mm, yeah. So what happened? Yeah. Um, eventually I was so bad. I quit. Let me think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I quit the job that I was in, and I had no job. I just, like, I just, um, I needed to figure it out, and I needed to get sober, and I needed to do it for me. And I knew it was going to be hard, and I knew I needed to do it different, 
needed to do it different this time than I had done it any other time in the past. This time had to be different and this time had to be for real because I had to live for my son because I was killing myself and it kept repeating. You know, the patterns, we keep repeating patterns that do not serve us until we break the pattern. Interruption, break the pattern. So what happened is I finally, yeah, so then I was, I didn't have a job. I was still drinking, but I knew in my mind it was coming, like, but I didn't do it right away because the holidays were coming. So I waited. That was a mistake. That was a mistake, but I wasn't mentally there yet. So I planned it out and I did, but I did cut back and I was doing these like workouts and I was I was doing pretty well, but I hadn't quit yet for good. And I chose to make my sobriety date January 1st, right after New Year's ring, ring, you know, happy new year. You're not drinking anymore. And that was my plan. And that was it. I knew that that was the, the, you know, end all be all. And, and I did. And then, you know, what happened? Well, then it got really crazy because I changed. I was changing. And I went to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I, my first sponsor, you know, um, she well, she lasted like a week. But the one thing she did tell me was go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And, you know, in the past, I would go to like a meeting a, a, a week or a month. And I thought that was going to meetings. Well, no. It was going every single day for 90 days. And if I missed a day, I would double up. So, and that only happened a few times. So basically, I sat there and I plugged in and I did whatever it take, whatever it was going to take for it to stick, for me to get healthy, for me to get well, for me to heal. And um, it was it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah, for sure. Because I did it, I didn't go to rehab or anything, and barely anybody really knew, like, close people really didn't know. My son knew, my boyfriend at the time, who then, uh, I don't know, a few weeks into it, or probably about a month or so, we broke up, he broke up with me, but he was still living here. So that got super weird and just life became like, it just totally got up. It was like upheaved and I was not, I wasn't drinking and I, and I was like trying to do the best that I could. And what I did was, um, I did do the best that I could. And the best that I could was I was plugged in. I was going to do whatever it took. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be a good mom, you know, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And so I, um, a month into my sobriety, I was able to do a GoFundMe and do a 90 day transformation program by fitlife.tv, but also become a certified coach. So whoever is watching me who might've contributed to that GoFundMe, you're amazing. Thank you. Look where I am today. <laughs> I'm still sober and I'm still coaching and I'm happy 
you know? So um, it's amazing, you know, how you can put your mind to, to do something and, and how you can actually do it and make change and really control your life. And, you know, nobody ever told me that. Nobody really guided me. Nobody said, hey, you know, um, how to heal, how to love yourself, how to treat yourself right, how to own your worth, be worthy, how to like yourself, how to um, do things for yourself, how to not rely on somebody else. You know, when you when you have a relationship, it's not like they're they're my other half. No, you need two holes, two holes. And I needed to be a whole person. I needed to be a whole person. And so that's what I worked on. And for um, three years, three years, I worked on myself. I went on one date in three years. I wasn't ready and I wasn't going to settle because this time around, I knew my worth because I was working on myself. And nah, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, um, accept anything less than what I, you know, felt worthy, worthy of. Now, that being said, we're not going to talk about relationships right now, but, um, you know, I, I did eventually start dating and whether or not, yeah, so nobody's perfect and you gotta try to work together, and um, that was that was um, that was a pretty good relationship. I um, actually miss it, but I believe that you know everything happens for our greatest and highest good at all times. And and trust me, it wasn't it wasn't it had it's definitely had lots of flaws um, for sure. So, um, but relationships are one of the hardest things, harder than anything else. So, yeah, <laughs> let me keep going. Um, yeah, so what is it like now? All right, so what is it like now? Well, um, <laughs> it's pretty freaking awesome, you know. Um, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster ride, and most of the time I'm just like, Whoa! you know, and sometimes I'm holding on tight, and I'm like, fuck, oh, fuck. This is so hard, you know. Why does it have to be so hard? But you know, um, if life were easy, you know, those good times wouldn't be as amazing. They wouldn't. So I now, yeah. So I told you about when I got sober. I did um, the certification to become a transformation coach. So I did that, and. Then, I guess years later, I created Believe in Humans. So that's kind of on the, that's just kind of floating around in the universe right now. Um, I have t-shirts. I have a website. You know, um, not sure. I know that that is always going to be a thing. I'm just not sure exactly where. I'm thinking it's going to probably be like a nonprofit kind of thing. But so that still exists. And, and there are shirts. I have actually... Um, the OG ones, and then you can get new ones on the website, believeinhumans.com. So I created believeinhumans.com, and that was from my story, believing in, you know, that we're all created equal, and we're all perfect, whole, and complete, just as we are. We just have to heal, heal from the bullshit. Okay, 
Um, I then started taking spiritual classes in 2013 and I built upon those spiritual classes and then I decided that I wanted to become and take the classes to become a, a religious science practitioner. So basically for two and a half years, I did studies and I became a religious science practitioner. And so that I was also working on my booty yoga certification. And I think within like a week and a half, I got both of those certifications, but that was in the middle of COVID craziness. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, that's all kind of like shaken down. It's, we're still kind of in that weirdness, but it's starting to settle, settle in now. So, um, I hope to teach some classes, some booty yoga classes and cause that's just what I love. And also, um, you know, my life coaching is part of my practicing. So it is definitely on a spiritual level and, and, and that's, it's a spiritual based is my coaching is definitely spiritual based. So it's pretty awesome. I love coaching people. I love helping people. And you know what? I'm an awesome mom. My son and I have the most amazing relationship. Yes. He's 17 and he is, he is, you know, the love of my life. I love him so. And Going from what I was to where I am today, that is how I am sharing my experience, strength, and hope. And thank you guys for being, oh, you know, I'm also just like a great daughter and sister and friend, all that. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back, you know, like we made it this far. If you're sober and you have time, yeah, amazing. You know, it's a beautiful life. It's an amazing life. Um, a life beyond your wildest dreams, basically. So, experience rant and hope. You guys were my guinea pigs. Thank you so much for allowing me to practice. I think that I will cut it a little bit shorter tomorrow at the meeting. If you do have any interest, you can shoot me a message and let me know. Um, I would be happy to share the Zoom link. I don't think they would mind. I didn't ask if we could invite anybody, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind. The meeting is a meeting, right? That's what uh, AA is all about. Um, what else can I tell you? You can listen to the other interview, the podcast, Business News Network, on TuneIn. And that's going to be at 10.09 Eastern tomorrow. Cool? All right. So thank you guys for being here. If you like this video, make sure to click the bell for notifications when I go live or upload a new video and make sure to subscribe so that you'll um, be in the know. And you know what? If, if you are someone who is still out there sick and, sick and tired of being sick and tired, well, you know, anything I can do to help you. That's why I share my message because I know where I was and I know where I am. And I know that we never have to be that way that I was. Never. That's not our, that's not who our, our true, true self is. Nope. That's just a, us covering, you know, our covering from trauma and patterns that don't serve us that we had no control over. All right. Thank you guys for being here. I am super grateful. Peace, love, and namaste. 
You can also sign up for newsletters written for you at karenkane.com or sign up for a free consultation as well on karenkane.com. You can also find cool, and I'm going to be actually adding new uh, clothes and designs to sovereignsobriety.store. And like I said, Believe in Humans still exists. Um, so that website's available. And I have actually um, old, I'm looking at the box of shirts. Um, I'm going to call them OG, <laughs> the original Believe in Humans shirts. Thank you guys so much for being here. Super grateful. Again, make sure if you like this video to subscribe and click the bell. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Peace, love, and namaste. Be well. Bye.